know, they figured they'd wait till y'all took a hiatus to give all the other groups a chance, you know? <laughs> the millennials. Yeah. The, it's the, the millennials. It's they get blamed for everything. Right. It's what? those toilet paper <laughs> so, orders so that were out there. <laughs> I would never do that, of course. <laughs> but for those who would, yeah. those sinners. <laughs> Bill Gates said that it's all bogus. None, <laughs> none, of, it's, none of it's real. He might be right. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Northside Now. This is the podcast where we take you on a tour through all of the ministries and the latest happenings around Northside Church to keep you better connected with your church family. I'm one of your hosts, Patrick, and with me as always are my two fabulous co-hosts, Glenn Miller and Kevin Bryant. Marka. What's up, guys? Hey there, Kimo Sabi. Marka. Marka. That's all I can say after the 4th. 4th of July. Well, also joining us today, we have a very special guest in the podcast room. Distinguished. Distinguished. Very sophisticated. Uh, it's Mr. Brad Little. My goodness, thank you, Patrick. One and only. Very warm introduction. That's right. Warm indeed. <laughs> warm. It is warm, just like indeed. it is outside. Right. Yes. <laughs> you mentioned July Fourth, Glenn, and I, I just wonder if Lee Greenwood ever gets tired of the singing that song. You know, I know I don't. <laughs> when I caught, know, what was it? The Eagles documentary where they were like, "I don't want to go out and sing that song tonight." Oh uh, yeah, you're going out there to sing that song, and I got in that big old fight over all that. Yeah. But yeah. Surely you get upset that I wrote that song and I would yeah. sing it for the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, when I talk to Lee, um, generally, what I mean, you've got him on speed dial, right? You know, no, but I, I did People get to be within uh, five feet of him a couple of years ago. <laughs> but um, he's a genuinely nice guy at least in groups of people. I, I can't speak to him in general, but I would imagine there's an element of when you're an entertainer and you know where your bread comes from. Oh, right, yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's an element of, yeah, well, regardless of how well I like the song, I got to do it. Well, I mean, y'all are, uh, we have, you know, half the jukes here. We do. What, what's y'all's, uh, you know, it, one hit that you're going to sing for the rest of your life? That you don't want to. Is it the chicken song? Is that the one? Well, you know, it's, we're, <laughs> we're, two, <laughs> we're two fifths of the, of the jukes. We, yeah. Uh, yeah. You are always good with math. We're, miss, we're missing three, so we can't divide us in half. That's right. Somebody yeah. asked him. Wow. That's, <laughs> well, that's very yeah. difficult. Right. I don't know. I think uh, we have a few songs that would be our our hits, I guess. Uh, Who Stole the Chicken would be one of them. Yeah. That's the one, Patrick, you mentioned. Uh, although we don't sing it anymore, but we get asked about that one quite a bit. <laughs> uh, we used to open all the shows with Higher and Higher, which is an old Jackie Wilson song. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're kind of known for that. We don't do that one a lot, occasionally. Well, we need to poll who knows who the Jukes are, so <laughs> how well are we known, number one. But I think the stuff that we did originally would probably be the most known. Some of the old stuff. Yeah. Now, did you ever think about doing one of those TV? Was it Sing It, where it was the acapella show or something like oh, yeah, that? The, the oh, sing off. Off. Sing, sing Off. Did y'all ever think about joining one of those? Well, it's it's funny you mention that, because when that was popular, which was probably five, six years ago, we had taken a hiatus for a while, and we really weren't back together at that point. You know, mm-hmm. I, folks always ask, they say, how long you guys been together? And I say, well, about 25 years, mm-hmm. except we took a 13-year break. So it was during that break that that, that show was popular. Well, they figured they'd wait till y'all took a hiatus to give all the other groups a chance. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like if y'all had been in the running, it would have been no contest. It right? must have yeah. Been, yeah. You know, and I didn't really even think about it, honestly, because we were scattered all over the place. I right. mean, there were a few of us that were here, but Charlie was in the Midwest and I was right. in Nashville. And it just. It's interesting, though, that we're all really back together. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think that would ever happen again. Yeah. And we really have the. We've had a number of members over the years, but we really have the, the core group. And I think the best uh, sounding yeah. mix that we've had in a long time. So, oh, that's cool. Anyway, 
I know um, Glenn y'all, y'all did a oh, concert not too long ago. I mean, well, it's like what last fall or something, and it was an April, or over the April winter. Yes, twenty one, April twenty one. Mm-hmm. That was a long time, but that was good. I enjoyed you, that. You were there. Right? I was there, and in fact, if I know everybody probably knows who Brad is and know what he looks like, but just in case you don't, you can drop by my office, and I have his face on a popsicle stick, <laughs> and it's uh, on my bookcase, and so you can just say, "Oh, that's Brad right there." That face looking back a, at me. A lot of the folks had that in the crowd, but it's so dark and <laughs> mm-hmm. on the stage, we yeah, couldn't all see the any lights. Of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't see that till after. I didn't know you guys had done that. Yeah, I was. I came out the crowd is wearing mine. So yeah. that's yeah, a good that's idea. Actually, very funny. We so. should use that. <laughs> we should use that and just play your track. And that'd be good. I sound better recorded, <laughs> mixed, and altered. <laughs> no, we could never replace Brad Little. Oh, the Brad Little. Uh, yeah, he's very kind. I think it's very sarcastic, but it's very kind, and what? I appreciate that. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Right. So, Glenn, well, yeah. when are when are we going to start our acapella group? Well, I think we should any day. Yeah, no. <clears throat> yeah, I'll start. I'll start warming up. Ah, la, 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 la. <laughs> yeah, surely they should do something for us a lot better because they can do it a lot better than we can. That's true. Y'all want to sing a song for us for our faithful listeners? I don't think that's a good idea. Having two fifths, you have the bass and a whatever. Oh, con- <laughs> contractual a, a obligation. Bass and a bass. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Contractual what, obligation. What I would like do. to do, and I assume that we have a lot of uh, Northside members that listen to oh, this yeah, podcast. Yeah. Hopefully that's kind of the objective. Right. I'd like to do a show in Hope Hall at some point. Maybe we, oh. we come up with some type of fundraiser, whether it's for something for Northside or, or some type of, of nonprofit in the community that we partner with yeah. and do a dinner and do about a 45 minute or hour show. That'd be cool. I'd love to sing in Hope Hall with the group. I love, I love the room and the stage. And I think it'd be a fun thing to do when you think about that. As and long as we have smoke machines. That's all. Yeah. We've got those. We can get those. <laughs> that's right. Putting hazers in my uh, budget for next yeah. year. <laughs> hey, that sounds fun. I think that needs to happen. Yep. That'd be cool. So let's think about that. Yeah. Well, uh, we have Brad in the, in the house today because Brad is a part. What y'all's right. actual company? So all of our team are, of course, we have financial advisor team mm-hmm. and our broker dealer, the company that we represent, let's put it that way, is Voya Financial. Okay. Yeah. And and so primarily in the group retirement plan business, but we do a lot of individual business as well. When you've been in the group retirement plan business, which is 401k, 403b, 457, I know most of the audience just fell asleep. 529, <laughs> you do this? That's college yes. planning, but yes, that's on the retail or it's, individual it's side. It's kind of related to financial it, planning. And it all. is, yeah. it is. But when you, when you have that volume of group business, then you see a lot of individuals that need help on individual business. So mm-hmm. IRAs, brokerage accounts, advisory accounts, that kind of thing. So we really do everything. I I consider our group full service, comprehensive wealth management. Well, and that's one of the things we want to talk about today is those things because, you know, not long ago, and we're still in the middle of all this, you know, all of a sudden you were up here living the high life. All the 401ks look great. And then lately they've just taken a massive dive. Sure. So do you have any great advice for those of us that are uh, watching our retirement just disappear? You know, and I'm in that world where I might want to draw on that in the next 15, 16 years. <laughs> so hopefully it'll change around. So I know you'll probably get phone calls, panic and mm. going crazy. So what's the advice for, for the person out there who... Well, you know, to your point, our phones have rung off the wall yeah. um, since January 1st. So the last six months, it's been pretty rough. Um, I can't remember a time like this where we've had that number of calls since probably March and April of 2020, although mm-hmm. the market was down a lot more during that period. So the market dropped about 40% at that time. Oh, wow. But nobody was really paying attention because everybody was worried about 
getting sick. Mm-hmm. And so they weren't really paying attention to their money. And by the time they started paying attention to their accounts, the market had come back. We saw a okay. V-shaped recovery, you know, at the end of 2020. So you have to go back to 2008, 2009, right. and you yeah. start thinking about that drop, which was about 15 months. Now, if you think about it, folks always remember negative things mm-hmm. and they think, oh, yeah. it lasted years and years and years. It was about 15 months, end of 07, into March of uh, 2009. And we were down about 50 or 60%. Prior to that, you got to go back to... 2000, 2001, 2002, we were down about 50, 60% there too. But I think before we answer the question, Glenn, that you asked about what should I do, I think we need to take a step back to think or to ask, why is this happening? Why are we seeing the market drop so much? So since January 1st, we have vacillated between a 10% drop and a 20% drop. And we're probably pushing past the 20% right about now, probably at 22 to 25%. A week and a half ago, we had come back. We had a pretty Mm -hmm. good week and a half. And we've seen that trail off. So what are the reasons for that? And then what's going to happen next? Mm -hmm. And then we we answer the question. Well, what do I need to do? Right. I'm scared. I'm worried. I'm fearful. <laughs> what do I do next? So the reasons, I think, if you go back to January, a lot of it was started with Russia, Ukraine. Mm. Now, that's a geopolitical issue, mm-hmm. but it dominated and dominates the headlines. Right. And yeah. so it drives a lot of fear. Mm. Uh, the other issue is inflation. You know, we've seen inflation just peak and peak and peak. So the question to you guys, I'd like to know what you think the answer to this question is. Why are we seeing this super amount of inflation right now? Who do you think we need to blame for that? Biden. All of us. <laughs> All of us. Because can you say that? I don't think you can say that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Generation Z. The millennials. Yeah, it's the, the millennials. It's they millennials. get blamed for everything. Right. Well, yeah. prices kept rising to some extent, the pandemic, right? And the right. shipping crisis that we had. Right. And so things were getting scarce, prices were going up, we were still buying. And so it kind of snowballed on top of itself. A lot of times when inflation rises a little bit, we just pull back on spending. But I think in general, we've continued to spend through this. So the answer to the question, although you could go past this answer if you wanted to and blame somebody else because ultimately most folks want to blame the government. Sure. Ultimately it probably is the government's fault because they shut down the economy mm-hmm. and they pumped out trillions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. And so what's happened is the real the the real entity, if we could put it that way, to blame is you. Mm-hmm. It's us. It's we're the, spending, yeah. It's the consumer. It's what? those toilet paper <laughs> orders so, so that were out there. <laughs> so the problem is, is consumer spending is over the top, whether folks have the money or not, from uh, housing to goods right. to whatever. So the reason the Fed is increasing interest rates is they're they're trying to keep people from spending, spending so money. much money. Yeah. So they're trying to bring consumer spending down so they can get inflation down. Yep. That's the biggest problem. But everybody says, well, I, we're going into recession. we got to be going into recession. I don't see that happening. Mm. And here's the reason why. Because the, the market is based on the fundamentals. And number one is corporate earnings. Mm-hmm. And corporate earnings are still very, very good. Now, they're not as good as they were a year or two ago, but they're still positive. Yeah. We've never had a recession where corporate earnings were positive. Mm. Oh. That's number one. Number two is manufacturing. So manufacturing is still growing by leaps and bounds. It's still very strong. That's going upward. It's not going backwards mm. right now. So if we can get inflation and we can get that kind of brought back down, I think the market will turn around. So because we're, we're down below 20%, you could say, well, we're kind of in a bear market. So in price, we are in a bear market. You could mm-hmm. say that. But price only, not in the fundamentals. The fundamentals are still really strong. Employment or unemployment, rather, right. uh, very, very, very low. So, yeah. Yeah. so it's not that bad, at least not at this moment in time. But the market, sure, it's down 20%, but it's not 40 and 50%. And I really don't expect that 
Mm. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I, I, I would be surprised. I don't think this is 2008, 2009. I don't see those warning signs, and I don't think this is 99, 2000. But you have to remember, everybody gets in this, this mindset of it's negative, it's negative, and ne- it's negative. And you got to remember, the market was up for 12 yeah. years, March of 2009 to January 1st of 2022. It was for a long time. And we had some you know down quarters and months here and there. But overall, the market's been up, and you've got to remember that. Mm. And so that goes back, when to your question. Yeah. All right, so what am I supposed to do? You really answered the question, though, in your question. Yeah. And that is, you said, well, I've got you know 15 years, and that's when yeah. I'd like to start using this money. Right. That's the key. Right. Yeah. You know, time is the key ingredient. And so most folks are in the market and are saving for retirement. That's the number one. Now, if your objective is you're trying to buy a boat in two years and you want to, you have all this money, you probably don't need to have it in the market. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you're saving for the long term, being in the market is probably where you need to be. And you know me, we're going to teach and preach diversification, having your money spread out in whatever account it is, whether it's a 401k, a 403b, an IRA, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, making sure it's spread out in such a way to cover a few objectives and a few factors. Well, what are those factors? Well, how old are you? You know, mm-hmm. how much longer do you have left to work? Yeah. Are you going to be dependent on these monies? You know, some folks save money in these group retirement plans or in their IRA and they don't ever need it. That's a great blessing because they inherit money or they have money right. from other sources or whatever. So it's all about the time frame and it's about, you know, staying the course. We had so many calls and this is, this is to answer your question. What should I do? The answer is nothing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Stay <laughs> diversified and don't throw in the towel. It's the folks that throw in the towel and sell everything or move it to cash or to fixed or whatever whatever you want to call it. And those are the folks that end up losing because you sell all your shares and you can't recover that. And folks say, well, I'll get back in. I'll just get back in the market when it's better. It's timing the market. It's impossible. Yeah. I mean, the people that win in the stock market, it's very tough to do. You have to basically predict the future and have a lot of resources at your disposal to be able to do that on the short term. But in the long term, the history stands behind it. And so, you know, every fund manager's job is you know, if they want to keep it is to make the funds profitable. So it's not like anybody's purposely, well, hopefully not, right. they work for very long, purposely trying to tank the funds. So you've got that in your benefit too. Now, one of the questions I was going to ask is you'd mentioned Ukraine. And for those of us that have funds diversified, there's likely a component that's international. Right. What do you think about, you know, especially maybe someone's first setting up their first retirement fund and trying to choose funds and they may have an advisor, but they're, you know, they're trying to research and do it on their own. What do you think like the prospects are of international funds kind of right now? Obviously, the whole world is not Ukraine, but it does have ripples through everything. And I think in a a normal international fund or a global fund, there actually are some differences in those two titles. Mm -hmm. You might have a little exposure to companies that might be in the Ukraine, for example, but I think it's going to be limited. Most of the time in international funds, it's primarily Europe and Asia Mm -hmm. uh, and that kind of thing. So you don't see a lot of odd countries, if, right, if, right. if that's if that's appropriate to say that. Um, but here's the answer to that question. It's, and it's hard to answer, but I will tell you it's a global economy. Mm-hmm. And so you need to have exposure to all of it. You know, back in the, the 80s and 90s, not so much. You know, I think we were a little bit segregated, right. but that's just not the case anymore. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's all one big world and you need to have exposure to a little bit international. I'd say if you're 20, 30 years old, you know, an appropriate mix, you know, would probably be 
60, 70, 75% uh, domestic, mm-hmm. split up into large, mid, small companies, and then probably 20, 25% on the international side. And you can even diversify on the international side sure. too. You know, you could do a global fund, international fund, do emerging markets, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If you really want to go true diversification. Of course, I love to throw a little technology in there, a little mm-hmm. healthcare, mm-hmm. a little real estate, you know, really kind of divide it up. Well, and you think about the things that in 20, 30, 40, 50 years would be potentially still around that you could kind of guess right now. Mm-hmm. You got technology, <laughs> you know? And so I always say, and I've been told this by financial people is, you know, if you're trading individual stocks, only put in the money you're willing to lose. Right. <laughs> because right. like I said before, in some ways it's kind of like a gamble. Yeah, it's like in, going to the casino, you know? That's right. <laughs> now, long-term, your retirement, you definitely want the protection of funds and you want to be diversified. So so Patrick made the joke and, and I've heard this a thousand times. <laughs> about going to the casino. And it's funny when we laugh at that, but it's really the opposite of that. So, you know, when you walk into a casino, of course, I would never do that, of course. (laughs) But for those who would, those sinners (laughs) who who would, uh, when you walk into a casino, most likely you're going to walk out either with a frown or a smile. You really, Mm. nothing in in most cases. But when you're investing, you're actually purchasing something. So you actually hold something, whether it's an individual stock or it's a mutual fund, you're buying shares of something and you own those shares and you don't really lose anything until you sell it right it's like owning a house and the value of this that's a bad analogy right now because of the housing market's kind of yeah. nuts but it's like owning a house and the value of that house is down bad mm-hmm. time to sell it but you still own it yeah mm-hmm. still your house all you got to do is wait for that market to turn around it always does and then you sell it at that time yeah. if you can do that right same analogy with stocks mutual funds etfs you know, all the different securities, you own those shares. You walk into a casino, you don't own anything. You you might have a good stake, maybe, but in the investment world, you do have ownership and you need to hold that for a length of time that's suitable for what your objective is. I remember in the 90s when the day trading thing got to be like a huge craze. And Young people were trying it, older, you know, everybody was just like, and in today's world, we have everything on our phone. And I know this, it got back in the the news here a few years ago. I'm hearing a bunch of young kids, even, I, I even know like one junior high kid is like, I, I want stuck for Christmas. I've heard that. Uh, are you starting to see people want to do more and more of the market work on their own? Or are people still looking to come to y'all for that real true advice and not necessarily just making it up as you go kind of thing? That's a great question because we've heard for years and years that the the role of the financial advisor will continue to be diminished over time. Obviously, I don't like that. Since yeah, really. Career. But we've heard that for years and years and years because everything's digital, everything's online. And I think there is a time and place for that for some people. But a lot of folks have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. And when you have, they're not educated in this, they're right. not licensed in this, they haven't studied this. So when it comes to managing lots of money, especially for retirement, and you're trying to come up with a retirement income plan, and how do I make this big pot of money not only grow, but last me and sustain to and through retirement, most folks need help with that. Mm. Um, there are tools and calculators on all the financial providers' websites to help with that, but it's really nice to sit down with somebody who's done it for a long time and say, here's what we're going to do this is how we do it and here's how we're going to execute because yeah. it's difficult you know if you're trying to transfer money from a 401k to an ira if you don't know what you're doing you get real frustrated real quickly but our office that's what we do and we yeah. know how to do it efficiently for folks yeah yeah i think there's really no substitute for a physical person even if you don't see them in person you can 
call them up and talk to them. And, and nothing against the big companies, but I've had interactions with a lot of the big ones from various corporate jobs I've had and retirement accounts and things. But you know, when you're emailing your person, there's something different when you have somebody that you can develop a relationship. That's with me. I'm mm. I'm kind of old school, maybe. But so, Patrick, you're the youngest in the room, right? So, as far as I know, yes. I, how, <laughs> how would you answer that question? I mean, do you still feel there's value in working with an advisor? Personally, yes, because I'm one of those people that knows absolutely nothing about this. I'm not educated in it. I've not mm. studied it. And the just the idea of trying to research that and figure it out and do it reliably, that raises my anxiety level. <laughs> so I'd yeah. rather just go talk to somebody that knows what they're doing. And sure. yeah, we'll tell yeah. folks when they call, if they say, well, I want to spend $5,000 and I want to buy X, I'll say, we can do that for you. We can put mm-hmm. in a brokerage account. You can pay a trading fee if you want to, right. but it's not worth it. If you're just going to buy that and hold it and kind of dr- day trade it a little bit, yeah. then go to a TD Ameritrade, you know, or mm-hmm. Charles Schwab or Robin yeah. Hood or whatever. Yeah. And just it's pretty intuitive. Yeah. Just buy it and hold it. Now, what about all the NFTs and yeah, I was going to ask Dogecoin about that. How do you feel about stuff? cryptocurrency? Yeah. How, how does that, if y'all had people contact you about that? Because so early, early in our podcast, we had spent a little time talking about that. It, it made a big deal in our town. Well, well, and so. Oh, it did. It did. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. So I what believe that was shut down. I believe the state came in and said, "Yeah, and that's what we that. actually yeah. we predicted that would happen." <laughs> yep. <laughs> but kudos to to Mayor Congress. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Trying, you know, yeah. trying to advance. Why not? Well, um, even even with the recent news, wasn't there a cryptocurrency that folded or something? There were several of them that have yeah. gone bankrupt and gone yeah. to zero. So I'll answer that question, or I'll try to answer that question. But can any of the three of you tell me how it works? Well, there's the blockchain, blockchains, blockchain. and <laughs> NFTs, and computer yeah. mining. You got to so, have the money. So you, know, so, so you don't know the answer either. I mean, <laughs> I, I I know vaguely. I've read up on it a little bit, but again, it's been a while since we did that. He episode, knows more than so. we do, <laughs> and it's really based on the fact that there's no physical representation yeah, because it's decentralized of and money. You know, I trust a whole group of absolute strangers with my money. <laughs> right, right. But the funny, but the funny thing is too. You know, one of my daughters in her 20s, she's almost convinced our normal money system is pretty much pretty close to the same. You know, she doesn't hold cash very often yeah. because everything is done online or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. So, yeah, but so it is, it's kind of funny. It is backed, though. That's right. It that's is backed. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the difference. Credit card or not. Yeah, that's the difference. So but, I'll answer that question. We get calls about that all the time. And, you know, of course, all of that has just tanked and crashed. You know, I yeah. think that uh, Bitcoin is now at 20000 yeah. Um, you know, which is which is very, very low. And several have gone bankrupt. It's like Stablecoin was one that was marketed, which is completely false advertising because mm. it's the opposite of anything that's stable. You yeah. know, it's a speculative yeah. investment. So to answer your question, I have not done much with that. And the reason for that is because I'm prohibited in our business from our broker dealer from selling it. Mm, I can't do yeah. that and I can't yeah. own it personally. So we're prohibited from doing any of those things. So because of that, I haven't spent a lot of time, but I will tell you, it is a speculative investment. There is no doubt. It is not stable. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for stability, it's not the place to be. That's pretty much like going into the tunica type thing. (laughs) (laughs) That is uh, like, yeah, you don't know. It's closer than the other securities. Uh, It's not regulated either. There's no regulation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you own like a, a block of code somewhere. Yeah, that that's that's helpful. Is the serial number? <laughs> See, I don't know what that means. Bitcoin. <laughs> What's hard about that, I think, is that when you have high-profile people that are really pushing it or pushing their own funding in it, which is a percentage of their total net worth, obviously, it gets it a lot of high-profile exposure. 
everybody gets excited about it because they're excited about it. But when people go into things without really knowing what they're doing, I think it's dangerous. I so. saw an um, article. I didn't read the article. I just saw the headline. This was a week or two ago that said that Bill Gates said that it's all bogus. None of it's, <laughs> none of it's, none of it's real. He might be right. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably the one that started it. Just, hey, I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw this out there. And yeah. see no, he's he's too worried about making vaccines that'll turn us into 5G towers. Oh, that'd be good. <laughs> I could have used one of those the other day when uh, power went out in yeah, Jackson. Right? There is a section of town where, I don't know if you've noticed this, but where cell phones are not working. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. driving me. I live right there, I think. Yeah. It's driving me bananas. It happens around here a little bit, too. Everyone's it's on. amazing. We can send a man to the moon, <laughs> but I can't talk on my cell phone between the two biggest cities in the country. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. I know. I, don't get it. It is I know. Rat, what do you tell young people right now that they're coming out of college, getting their first jobs and things like that? What are y'all's suggestions to younger America? I remember when I was a kid, you know, they were told us, you'll never get your social security. I don't, don't even worry about it. I mean, they were telling us that in school, right? Uh, that'll never happen. Don't tell them what they're telling in schools now because I'm really not there. But, you know, are we telling them anything different than what we've always told them? You know, put your money in there and hang on. Is What's the advice for a young person coming out or a young family coming out and wanting to build some kind of wealth to live on someday? I think, I think the story is still the same that folks need to save and the earlier the better I always say the earlier the better it's never too late to start Yeah, you know, if you're 15 years getting started that's okay You mm-hmm. start right but the earlier the better if you're 20 or 21 and you're starting to save in a retirement account a 401k or IRA or whatever you're well ahead of your peers and that's where you want to be especially for our younger folks I think we're probably headed towards a retirement crisis in the mm-hmm. next 20 30 years which obviously I'm in the industry I don't want to see that happen but I'm sure. worried about that because our younger generations don't have pension plans Defined benefit plans are a thing of the past. And so if you if you go into work at any of our major employers around West Tennessee or anywhere across the country, it's highly unlikely that you're going to be enrolled in a defined benefit plan. You're yeah. going to have a 401k type arrangement mm-hmm. with some type of match. And you, 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 know, you might have a match. Maybe it's 50 cents on the dollar up to 6%. And you say, well, I'm just going to put in the 6% and I'll get all the free money from the employer. That's an mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. But if you stay at 6% for 30 years, which is okay, I think you're going to be in trouble. You've got yeah. to push that and you need to get to 10 and then you need to get to 15. Mm-hmm. And then you need to get to 20. You know, the old adage of saving just getting to 10%, 6 to 10%, that was fine generations ago, uh, you know, when folks had defined benefit plans, had pension plans, but those are gone. Right. Yeah. So now it's all on the shoulders of the, the participant or of the client. So we, we got to save early, save often, and keep contributing, and make sure you're diversified and stay in the market. Don't give up. It's funny because the most of the calls going back to the market that we're getting are from our younger participants yeah. and our younger clients because they haven't been through this before. Yeah. And I'll have somebody yeah. that's got $10,000 and they've lost 2000 Freaking yeah. out. And they are wigging out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to do. I want I, I want to get out of this. I want to go, no, don't. Yeah. You know, don't jump off the ledge. Don't throw in the towel. Yeah. Stay the course. Yeah. And so I think for what you just said right there is the reason and we need people like you uh, because, you know, there's no way when I was in my mid 20s, I could have functioned and made that work without good advice from people. You know, that's important. How did you get into this world? I mean, did you go to school to do this? I mean, obviously you did at some level, but I mean, right. was this your original plan coming out of a Jackson, Tennessee? Love that question. <laughs> We've had this conversation before. Not in any capacity. So yeah. 
my degree is in math and education. And since I was a little kid, I always wanted to be a teacher. Mm. And it's kind of funny because I, I really still am a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, I mean, I sit down with folks all the time and that's what I'm doing. We're teaching and educating. So I'm still doing that just in a whole different setting, right? But I wanted to be a teacher. So I got my teaching license and I started teaching at Northside High School in 1999. And I was teaching Algebra two, Geometry, you know, I was teaching mm. 10th, 11th, uh, 12th yeah. graders. Mm-hmm. Of course, I wasn't much older than they were, so yeah. I was about my student's <laughs> age. And I loved teaching. Well, my father called me about the time I started teaching, and he said, hey, my partner in the business has passed away. Would you be interested in doing what I do? And I'm like, I, I don't even know what you do. Like insurance <laughs> or something. He said, well, I, I am in the insurance business, but I also have some group retirement plan business, and that's really what I need. I need help on, but it's on the security side. So, you know, you got to get licensed for that. You got to do training and, you know, all kinds of tests you have to take. And I, he said, why don't you just come in the afternoons after school and you kind of shadow me. You can answer the phones. You can do paperwork <laughs> yeah. for folks. And then you can work the summers as well. And that's what I did. So I kind of worked part time. I'd leave school. I'd go home. I mean, I'd go, I'd go to the office. I'd stay there two or three hours. I'd do school work at night and grade papers at night. And, uh, and that's kind of how I got into that. I, I did that for two and a half, three years part-time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Into 2002, the spring of 2002. And I finally decided, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. And uh, I think that I'd like to do this full-time. So that's how it all started. Oh, that's cool. Of course, my father's still there. Yeah. You know, and uh, we're still rocking and rolling. We've mm-hmm. grown a lot. A lot yeah. Lot. That's awesome. I'm very grateful for that. How does your faith journey interact with your business life on a daily basis or even just, you know, not daily, but even just in a consistent basis? Sure, sure. Um, That's a great question. I think that when you deal with people's money, Mm. when you sit down with somebody and you're talking about their money, and I've learned this over the years, they tell you everything. Yeah. They spill their guts. If you're talking about Mm. their money, they tell you it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And they trust in the person before them, especially if that person has some tenure and has worked with them for a long time, or Mm -hmm. they, you know, have a a little bit of a a history. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost like a counselor type position, you know, a teacher type position. And so they, um, they tell you everything. And you walk with folks through the good and the bad. You know, I've had folks in the office who, you know, just cry the entire time. Something's going on in their life. Somebody's sick or Mm. lost a job or you name it. You know, they had a death in the family or whatever. And not only through those times, but also through when the market's so volatile and people are fearful and they're scared. Mm. So you're walking through times with folks that are hard times in life. And then you're walking with folks when the market is bad and, Mm -hmm. and a lot of fear in both of those. Right. So we're facing comes in is I think you have to empathize with folks and you have to show compassion. Mm. You have to be patient. And I think those are characteristics that we learn from church and from God. And I try to, as much as I can, I mean, I'm not perfect in any capacity, but, you know, I try to make sure that I've I'm utilizing those, whatever you call skills, them, skills, yeah. I guess, yeah. you, know, you know, I don't know if it's that, but when dealing with folks and dealing with their yeah. money. And so hopefully I come across as, 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 as a believer, mm-hmm. you know, and you never, you never try to you know, press that upon people. You know, that's not my objective in those mm-hmm. meetings. If they can see that in me, you know, maybe that helps somebody else to, to, I think, to yeah, further their faith. Yeah, I, I think that's good because as an advisor, the one thing you want is for people to trust you. Mm-hmm. And trust is built on those things. Mm-hmm. The yeah. patience, the compassion, the empathy. Of course, being honest <laughs> helps too. But those are all principles that Jesus modeled for us. But see, what's interesting about that is that when I have a client that calls or we have clients that call and they're scared and they're fearful, 
I'm not personally scared, but I'm in the business, so I'm not worried. Yeah. But I have to be empathetic because sure. I know they are, and I have to say, look, it's going to be okay. We're going to make it through this. I'm not scared personally, but I can't. I can't say, you know, I'm not worried about this. You shouldn't be either. You know, mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah. I can't mm-hmm. come across that mm-hmm. way. Sometimes you want to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but you, you can't. You can't do that. They'll hang up on you if you do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, there are going back to the retirement thing. I, I read a statistic talking about savings. Just or actually heard it on the radio. What's the radio? Sorry. The radio. Uh, it is, is, that, is something that's in adult my car. people listen to that. It's in my car. I don't know how it works, but you turn this button on, and I hear people talking. And <laughs> is that where you? Is that where you play the cassettes? I, uh, what's a cassette? <laughs> yeah, exactly. no. I, and I hear these people talking. I don't think they're in my car, but I'm not oh, sure. Goodness. Little people in in your yeah. dashboard. The little AM people. Anyway, <laughs> where savings rates were thirty up to thirty percent. I don't know five ten years ago. Now recently, it's it's gone down to four percent. Which is, it's alarming. I think it has a lot to do with kind of our consumer spending. I think you just brought the whole situation full circle. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, as an older person that is nearing retirement age, perhaps, you know, they haven't had a financial advisor help them. So they haven't been shifting to bonds and some more stable kinds of things. It's a real thing to panic and to think, okay, I want to retire, but I can't live on what I'm going to get. And that must be a really hard conversation with folks. What, what, what do you tell them? So in the past, the textbook may have said at one time, or maybe we just thought that it said that once you got to your retirement date, okay, I'm walking out of this employer or out of this job on this mm-hmm. date. At that point in time, I need to be ultra safe and conservative with mm-hmm. my money. So it, it's 60, 65 I need to be safe with this money at that time. I can't spend anything more. We we have completely changed that outlook and that philosophy. And here's the reason why. You get to that point, and if you do that, and you move everything, you make it all safe and conservative. So during that time, you're 60, 65, and now you're earning on your pot of money, you're earning 0, 1, 2, 3%, Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. like that, right? Well, the problem is, is that the rate of inflation, of course, right now is is astronomical, but it usually should be between 2 and 4%. You need your money to grow faster than that. In other words, you need your money still to grow during Mm -hmm. retirement. If you're just drawing money out of that pot and it's not earning anything, you're going to go to zero a lot faster. So at this point in time, unless somebody just can't handle the volatility, we're recommending that if you get to 60, 65 and you're about to retire, that you keep that allocation Mm. diversified. Now, you don't have to be super aggressive, but maybe you're moderate to moderately conservative. So maybe you're 50% on the conservative side and 50% on the more aggressive or the equity side. Something like that. Because you need to sustain, this money needs to sustain you through retirement. If you retire at 60, I mean, you could easily live 30 more years, which right. is as long as you worked right. or longer, you know, could be depending on the on the date. So we recommend if you can handle it, you know, if you can handle the ups and downs of the market of maintaining some type of allocation towards the equity side. So this money can last because, you know, 70 to 80% of the time, the market's up. We only times we remember is when it's down. Right. Yeah. Most of yeah. the time, the market is positive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Brad, you're still teaching because we learned a lot today, and we thank you for coming. And uh, right. um, they take care of us here at the church, the employees of the church, and uh, insurance and things like that. So we're we're blessed to have y'all on board, and we get to have little meetings with them occasionally and help us out. So I would just definitely encourage you to give Brad a holler if you need some conversation time with some good some good solid folks and. They will help you out. I Happy promise. To Happy to do it. Thank you guys for having me. It's been I a lot of fun. Glad. And I like that Jukes and the Hope Hall thing. We may have to. Yeah. Have but I that mentioned out. that to you before. Yeah, yeah. I thought you I had, said something to Daphne or somebody. Yeah, you said something. Yeah, we, we need to 
we, we we'll run that we'll up make the flagpole. Talk about it. Well, we got to get some people here. We got to make sure we we do it in a capacity we can fill that room up. Yeah, It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully, that's for the fundraiser, not just for a big crowd for him to sing in front of. But... <laughs> of course, <that's, laughs> of course, it's all about the non. I thought that was understood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patrick, what we got coming up? I know we, we don't really have just a whole lot coming up No, soon, but well, we got one big thing coming yeah. up next week. Vacation. Vacation Bible, Bible School. school. Dun, dun, dun. This place will be covered up with children. So. Big waves. Big yeah. waves. Yeah. It'll Brad, be fun. Are you coming to are you coming to Vacation Bible School? Are you going to? I don't think so. I think I'm too old. Oh, uh, well, you know. <laughs> I think my daughter, I think Rowan maybe uh, is, is helping. helping. Yeah. Is helping. We got to be making some waves. Making some waves. So, so that'll be next week, July 11th through the 15th from 9 a.m. to noon. That'll be good. That'll be exciting. And continuing in July, there will be no Wednesday night activities. So enjoy a little bit of a summer break. And we'll see you back at Wednesday nights in August. Yeah. So, sounds yeah. good. Well, guys, thanks for podcasting with me. And thanks to all of you out there in the world for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram at Northside Now Podcast. Go to our website, northsidejackson.com, or email us at podcast at northsidejackson.com. We hope to hear from you soon. Once again, this is Patrick. This is Glenn. I'm Kevin. This is Brad. And that's what's happening at Northside Now. Bye-bye.